So I am so excited. We are here to do one of our movie tournaments that we have done now three, like three of them. I think this is our this is fourth the one. Fourth one, yeah. So I'm very excited. And I have three of my favorite YouTubers here with me again to go over movies from the 90s. And we're going to determine the definitive best movie from the 90s. It will be decided end of discussion today. So <laughs> like uh, y'all to introduce yourself, starting with David, do you want to say hi and introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. My name is David. I have reviewed movies for what was it now three years um you know i'm just i have a weird sick sense of humor and i just like to express that when i review movies so <laughs> yeah awesome chris awesome i'm chris aka durbin got my channel durbania been doing that for two years actually so reviewing all kinds of movies and doing theological analyses and all kinds of fun things like that and I just got my voice back this week. So if I lose my voice during this tournament, don't worry. That won't stop me from still talking about 90s movies. <laughs> nice. All right. Hello, I am Larry, and I'm from my channel, LC Screen Talk. I also do movie reviews, imagine that, as well as um, like fun other types of skit videos and lip syncs and stuff like that. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate you guys coming and uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And I tried to do a better job this time of really making brackets where uh, the, um, the whole bracket being the same type of movie. So the first bracket that we have is the comedy bracket. And so our first matchup is Coolest versus uh, Billy Madison. There may be a few movies in here that some of us haven't seen. Uh, we're just gonna uh, we're just gonna make uh, we're gonna do the best we can here with this one. But anyway, so our first matchup is Clueless versus Billy Madison. So, Billy Madison, a movie that I have seen many numerous times. Movie I saw when I was younger. Clueless, a movie I saw recently, and uh, that was really good. It was kind of Clueless is like the it kind of plays on the stupidity of people in the world, but underneath it all, it's a little bit more intelligent than what it actually is, kind of playing on stereotypes and everything and how people view the world. But for me personally, Billy Madison, I think that was in the, the golden age of Adam Sandler back when he was in his prime. So I personally would give it to Billy Madison because I think the quotability factors of it and just, you know, even from the stupid penguin and <laughs> you know, just the concept of a man going back starting from kindergarten all the way through high school is ridiculous in and of itself. So I will give it to Billy Madison. Nice. nice. Oh man, that's hard for me. I haven't seen uh, Clueless all the way through, but I have seen great big chunks of Clueless and I have seen Billy Madison all the way through. And based on what I've seen them both, I could positively tell you neither one of them is my favorite. But if I had to pick, I think I too would pick Billy Madison, uh, probably because it's the one that I have more experience with. And like you said, it was Adam Sandler in his golden age where like, you know, he was actually funny. And then, you know, the next one, Happy Gilmore, that was the one that topped it. He has not, in my opinion, has not topped Happy Gilmore. I love Happy Gilmore. But if I, if I had to pick what was in this, I'd pick um, 
I pick Billy Madison because he starts off as such a loser in this movie. And by the time the movie comes to an end, he's like a guy with purpose. It's like, it's cool because you like watch him grow up a little bit. So through all the stupidity and ridiculousness that is Billy Madison, he grows up by the end of the movie. All right, well, it's already been decided, but my vote definitely would have went to, or does go, I guess, still, to Clueless. Um, I, <laughs> Billy Madison, I don't know. I, I always feel like when I re-watch Adam Sandler movies from the 90s even, I'm always a little bit disappointed. <laughs> uh, like, I, I found them really funny uh, when I was younger and upon initial watch. So I try, I try to preserve them by actually not revisiting them. <laughs> um, and Billy Madison is one that I, I didn't think held up as much when I rewatched it. I was like, oh, okay, this is not nearly as funny as, a, as I recall it being. Um, and Clueless, I think Billy Madison feels very much like a movie of its time. So I guess from a 90s bracket, it's good. And it'll, you know, feels like yeah. a 90s comedy. Um, whereas Clueless to me just kind of like feels a little bit more timeless. It feels like something that is still, doesn't age in such a way. As you said, it is really smart. I, I think Clueless is hilarious and really yeah. wonderful. So, yeah. I love, Clueless is like, if you have like foundation movies, Clueless is a foundation movie for me. Like it, it came out when I was a freshman in, uh, in high school and it was like my high school, you know, like I felt like, and, uh, and when I just still, when she's on the freeway that first time, that scene still just completely cracks me up and she's freaking out. Cause I had a, the same thing happen to me. <laughs> I was with my dad and when I first got my permit and my dad was like keep your hands on the steering wheel I don't I'm like I'm on the freeway so yeah it, it, it's just it's it's a special movie to me so plus it's based on Emma and I'm huge Jane Austen night so all right so next we have Groundhog Day versus Rushmore all right before I continue, I must say this. I award you with zero points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, Groundhog Day, you know, I love Bill Murray. I think he's a genius. But this is no question. I had to give it a Rushmore. Rushmore has the brilliance of Wes Anderson. Groundhog Day, I think, is just completely overrated. I mean, I think Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow, whatever the movie's called, I think that that did a much better job of the concept of repeating the day in, day out. Because I feel like that was maybe even more funny, even though it's an action movie first, I felt there was more comedy to that than Groundhog Day. Maybe that's just because of the time. It's Maybe it's because it's very of its time. But for me personally, just Rushmore has just a lot more a lot more substance for me. And, you know, I just, I love Wes Anderson style. So no question. I give it a rush more. Oh man. I feel kind of, I feel kind of bad because I'm almost the exact opposite. And I feel like Wes Anderson is overrated. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's so like, I'm not oh. the biggest fans of his movies. And I saw Rushmore oh. once because my uncle made me sit down and watch it a long time ago. And I was like, eh, but Groundhog's Day is actually something I watched for the first time maybe about a year ago. And, uh, you know, for that one, like, I heard a lot of hype about it, but it's, it's like an older movie, and I was able to put aside the hype, and I just watched it, and I thought, oh, that's just pure fun. I mean, it's not my favorite movie. I mean, 
it's not the best, but I just thought it was pure fun. And I had a lot of fun with it while I was sitting there watching it. And between, between the two of them and the category of comedy, the one that I feel like is actually funny is Groundhog's Day. So I'm giving it to Groundhog's Day. All right. So um, I like Groundhog's Day as well. I think it is pretty funny. It also has some, I think it has some, some heart to it as well that I think is, is nice. Um, but I am also a Wes Anderson like fanboy. Uh, <laughs> I just love Wes Anderson. I love his style. I love his quirky comedy. I love the sets. I just, pretty much I just love his style of filmmaking and Rushmore is right in line with most everything I love about Wes Anderson films. It's definitely not near the top of my list when I'm doing like a Wes Anderson ranking. Um, but, but I definitely have to go with Rushmore here. Cool. I think that Rushmore for me had been maybe a little overhyped when I finally saw it. So maybe I'd, uh, I, I mean, felt like yeah. it was a little mean spirited to be honest. Uh, I'm yeah, just, well. Quite it's definitely it. one of my least right up my favorites of his. I mean, like it's Grand Budapest and Moonrise Kingdom, all those oh, yeah. high up there. Rushmore is at the lower end for me, but still, yeah. when it comes to, when it compares to Groundhog Day, I'll still pick Rushmore <laughs> over it. I mean, Groundhog Day even made Andy McDowell look good. I mean, that takes. Okay, still It still didn't work for me. It still didn't help at all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Okay, so next we have The Big Lebowski versus Dumb and Dumber. Oh, two completely different styles of comedy. One end, you have the brilliance of Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, right when he was getting into his prime back in the 90s. And then The Big Lebowski, back when the Coen brothers actually made good movies. And, <laughs> uh, you know, just you have the rug... The bowling alley. They call him the Jesus. This is tough. <laughs> I will give it to Dumb and Dumber. Based right. on based on Samsonite. <laughs> <laughs> Samsonite. But this this is God, that was tough. That's tough. That's really the fuck. Oh man. <laughs> All right. All right. So I, I gotta be honest, I have not seen the big Lebowski. But I had it in my switch foot, or my switch foot, my Netflix. How did I mix up those words? That is weird. My only defense is I've been sick this week and I'm finally on the better end. Okay. I had it on my Netflix queue. Like the one, like one of the things I wanted to watch and then they just took it off Netflix and I was like angry because it's like gone and I wanted to watch it. So I feel kind of bad, but I feel like in this category with these two movies put together, I would have to go with Dumb and Dumber. And I think the reason I'd go with Dumb and Dumber is, to me, that is one of my classic comedy movies. I mean, back when Jim Carrey was in his prime in the 90s, I was a Jim Carrey fan. I don't know why I liked the Ace Ventura movies, but I did. And I really liked the second Ace Ventura. I loved The Mask. Like, I mean, I was like a Jim Carrey fan when he was in his prime with The Truman Show being like my favorite. But in terms of his absolute crazy comedies, Dumb and Dumber just sticks out to me as a classic. I thought Jim Carrey was very nicely balanced with Jeff Daniels. And so, like, I don't know. To me, that's just a classic buddy comedy. I mean, my favorite buddy comedy is Tommy Boy, hands down. If you put Tommy Boy on this list, I'd make sure that won this entire bracket. But um, Dumb and Dumber is, like, up there. I love Dumb and Dumber. So even if I had seen The Big Lebowski, I think because 
of what Dumb and Dumber meant to me when I was younger. I'd still give it there. All right. So I think that Dumb and Dumber kind of falls in the same vein for me as Adam Sandler film. <laughs> um, so I, oh gosh, I really hated the, like the new one that they released. Oh, that was uh, dumb. Like, it was like the worst thing ever. Um, so, but you know, right around then I rewatched Dumb and Dumber and I just, I think my, my sense of humor has just come a long way since um, <laughs> the 90s and it has moved away from Dumb and Dumber a bit. I used to love it. I also agree that it was, it was a big part of my childhood. I loved it when I was younger. Uh, the Big Lebowski, I did not watch when I was younger, thankfully, because <laughs> it's not appropriate. Um, but I think that it just is a smarter comedy. Um, so the Big Lebowski gets my vote. I mean, it's yeah. dumb and dumber. Uh, it's not as smart. Hey, Larry. Me and Chris are still kids. I yes. just love. Uh, I, I no. love the one joke alone in Dumb and Dumber with that little kid with the bird. I, oh I, gosh, that is that epic. Is so funny to me. But you mean uh, that too? You're telling me you don't like the scene where he gets on that whatever that bike that moped. He comes back. He says, "You couldn't be any dumber. You gonna do something like this and totally redeem yourself." <laughs> and then they go for a high five and they whiff like crazy. Are you saying there's a chance? <laughs> okay. Um. So next one we have is Train Spotting versus Dazed and Confused. All right. This is a pretty easy one. Train Spotting is one weird messed up movie that I really just did not understand and did not like. But Days Confused is a timeless classic that captures the 70s perfectly. So I give it a Days Confused because you have Ben Affleck and Matthew McConaughey in it. That's all the reason I need for it. Yeah. Well, this is a round I can't do because I haven't seen either one of those uh, movies. But I could tell you I had zero interest in either uh, one. All like, right. There was no part of me. That, yeah. <laughs> You should You're see. They, gotta you should. see Days Confused. You okay, Days, Days and Confused. Yeah. I'll add that to the list. All right. Um, leader at his finest. So Days and Confused falls in the category of like Richard Linklater films, where I just don't relate that well to the characters enough to to maintain like a love for the movie. So I feel like that's always my thing with Richard Linklater is if he can get me in with at least a couple characters that I really can like hold on to, I'll, I'll really like the film. Um, but if he, if it's not, and it's more like Richard Linklater's life experiences told through film, um, I, I find myself being like, oh, I mean, I get, I can understand why so many people love this so much. It just maybe is not for me. Uh, Train Spotting, I think, is like a really influential Hollywood film. So, <laughs> which I think <laughs> is crazy, is like out there. I know people who love it, and I know people who just hate Train Spotting. Like, they don't understand. Um, but I happen to be one of those who loves it. So, I, I would pick Train Spotting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will be the tiebreaker in this case. Uh, I'm going to go with Daisy Confused. I. Woo! I love it. I think it's amazing. I I just love the dialogue, all the different characters. I think it it's not as good as the before movies or boyhood, in my opinion, 
but I think it's really strong. And Blair, now we're in the we're going into the horror bracket. So this one I will not be able to help out very much on. Yeah, let's get into the horror. <laughs> Fun part. Okay, so we have Blair Witch Project versus Scream. And I do have to say, the Blair Witch Project is something that was very influential for me because it takes place about 10 minutes from where I grew up. And so the whole like phenomenon of it was like huge. And (laughs) (laughs) I grew up in Middletown, Maryland, which is, yeah, about 10 minutes from Burkittsville. So anyway. Oh, wow. It was epic. (laughs) That's a little creepy. Yeah. (laughs) Don't go camping anytime soon, kids. No. (laughs) So, all right. So go ahead. So what do you think, David? All right. Well, again, this is a very easy one for me because I do not like the Blair Witch Project at all. I think <laughs> it was just too poorly made. I know that's what they were trying to go for, but it feels like I'm just watching nothing for an hour and a half. It's like, I'm not telling you to show me something, at least present something to me and a good enough, and good enough quality for the film. But Scream for me is like brilliant. I mean, I'm not going to say it's a masterpiece because we were talking about that earlier, but it <laughs> captures the tropes, <laughs> the cliches of horror movies so great while being a horror movie of itself and doing everything like an old horror movie would do. And, you know, it was shocking at the end, you know, they kind of, they, they fooled us. So I'm going to give it to Scream by far. And it's, and not only that, as a horror movie, it's very fun and entertaining. How often can you say that for a horror movie that it's fun and entertaining to watch that you could even watch, not even, you can watch it all year round. You don't even have to watch it on Halloween. I could watch it in December. So scream. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, I didn't see Blair Witch, but I did watch Scream for the first time the other day. So let's pretend for a moment that I did see the Blair Witch. I hate found footage movies. I just do. As a rule, I mean, there's always exceptions to the rule, but as a rule, I do not like found footage movies at all. It's, it's hard for me to get into it, partly because of what you said, David. Like if they just, sometimes they feel like they're poorly made, even though they're poorly made on purpose because it's, it's found footage. That's supposedly what it is. I just, I do not like that style. And I just can't really get into it because I'm always asking myself, why do you have the camera on all the freaking time? Something terrible is going down turn off the stupid camera and freaking help who goes around and films everything they're doing. I, I can't, I just, I can't stand it. I can't abide it. It just, I don't know. Found footage. I, I am passionately against that genre of filmmaking. Again, there's always a few exceptions to the rule. Like there's whatever that time travel one that came out a little while ago. It's like, that one was okay. But like, uh, and I, I don't know, but, point is is i give it to scream when i watched scream for the first time i enjoyed it and what i really liked about it like what you said david like how it pulled out the tropes and it pointed them out and then had fun with them and then did the tropes anyway and still it managed to be intense it managed to be fun it managed to be entertaining i i had planned to never ever see scream and in fact i i watched cinema sins where it blew the ending just because i didn't care and when I was watching the movie, I found myself enjoying it so much that I wished I hadn't watched that CinemaSins thing and knew the ending going in. Because I think I would have added so much more not knowing, you know, the ending and the killer and all that stuff. But I had fun with it. I mean, I have no desire to see the other ones whatsoever, but I enjoyed the first stream. 
So how do you All really right. feel about found footage movies? <laughs> I hate them. I, I hate them. <laughs> well, you can uh, mostly, I would say, blame the Blair Witch Project for that genre, especially in horror, taking off like it did. Um, because although <laughs> I also hate the Blair Witch Project, um, but it made a ton of money on a like literally nothing budget. And that's... Thus, they decided not to go found footage for the sequel. But um, <laughs> I just, I think the Blair Witch Project, the big, the crime is it's just so boring. Like David said, I just feel like nothing happens and it feels pointless and you're just like, what? And then you get to the, the end and you're like, is this a witch or is this a, like, what? what is this? Like, what, what in the world? So I don't, um, and I, I give, I give the Blair Witch Project props for, especially their marketing, because uh, Rachel was talking about it. People literally did not know, though, if this was like real or what in the world are they putting out into theaters? I remember the phenomenon. People were heading out to that like place and going to those fields and all of that. So I give it props for that. But as an, a film itself, I just, I don't like the Blair Witch Project. I watched this when I was like nine years old and was sitting there bored and like ready to leave the movie theater. Um, but I love Scream and I watched that right around the same time. And I remember watching that at like sleepovers with my cousins. Um, I actually recently just did a top five horror movie ranking of all time. And spoiler alert, Scream made the list for my top five ever. I think it is smart. I think it's funny. As everybody has said before, the acting is great. It is iconic. I just scream as like, for me, quintessential horror of the 90s. So definitely scream. Awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah, people really didn't believe it, for sure. Um, so, okay. So next we have Ed Wood versus Edward Scissorhands, Tim Burton. Wow. Now this is tough oh. because this is back when Tim Burton was pumping out magic, just magic, magic, magic from, I know you don't agree with this, Rachel, but then he has, he has Batman giving out Ed Wood, Edward Scissorhands, and, uh, you know, Ed Wood, it's, I love the biopic. I love how it showcased a man who truly just wanted to make films that loved it so much. He was just so bad about it, but you can definitely tell that he truly just wanted to make greatness. He just couldn't do it. And then Edward Scissorhands, you have this poor innocent soul that's has gone through so much mayhem in his life and his father being dead and him just living out there by himself and then finally being coming down to society where people are viewing him like yeah they like him now oh no he's a freak i will give it to edward scissorhands awesome uh because it made this me like so Winona Ryder for the first time. <laughs> then Stranger yeah. Things did it. Then Stranger Things did it again. Yeah. <laughs> Winona Ryder looks so much like my Aunt Angie that it scares me. <laughs> you guys don't know my Aunt Angie, but Winona Ryder looks so much like her, it actually kind of freaks me out a little bit. But uh, this one is really tough because I like both of those movies. I, I like them a lot. But... I mean, as soon as it came up in the category, Edward Scissorhands was the one that just kind of popped up in my mind. It's hard, though. I mean, it's almost equal for me. I just I had so much fun with both of those movies when I watched. But there's something about the heart of Edward Scissorhands that I really enjoy, so I'm going to give it to Edward Scissorhands, too. 
Yep, I'm going to kind of echo a little bit of what everyone said is that I do really enjoy both of these movies. Uh, these, along with things like Batman, made you fall in love with Tim Burton and made these last few years, uh, well, I'd say it's like last 10 years, so disappointing from yeah. Tim Burton, um, outside of like Frank and Weenie, I'd say. Um, but Ed Wood is just like such a, it's like a Tim Burton-y biopic, which is, <laughs> which is like just kind of a cool concept in and of itself. Um, but I also am going to have to give it to Edward Scissorhands. I love Edward Scissorhands. It is like possibly my favorite Tim Burton film uh, for the reasons mentioned. It has all of his like weirdisms, all of his uh, eccentricities mixed in with like this really heartfelt like beautiful love story and just kind of like story of being different which I think is exactly where Tim Burton excelled in his prime so I, I'm gonna vote Edward Scissorhands as well. All right okay so next we have Sixth Sense versus Silence of the Lambs. Again another tough one I mean a lot of people say oh Sixth Sense once you know the twist it's not really that entertaining but I completely disagree because the first time I watched it, I knew the twist and I liked the movie. And then the second time I watched it, I loved the movie. So I think the movie holds up even if you know the twist. Because, you know, you have Bruce Willis giving a great performance, Haley Delosma giving a great performance. And that's really when M. Night Shyamalan just had that, that, you know, that itch of just making something that's so well told from a a very tight script and just beautiful flowing direction. Then Silence of the Lamb is like one in a million from Buffalo Bill being a weirdo in his basement to, um, I almost forgot his name, Anthony Hopkins given one of the greatest villains of all time, even though he's on screen for like 15 minutes and win an Oscar. And Jodie Foster being this naive kind of, you know, wants to do good FBI agent I will give it to Sons of the Lambs because I just think it captures kind of the gritty kind of gross ickiness of crime. And I really don't even think of it as like a horror movie. I think of it more as like a very psychological crime movie dealing with all these psychopaths and all their, like why they do what they do and just how completely demented they are. So I will give it to Sons of the Lamb. Lambs. Nice. That's hard. Because I haven't seen Silence of the Lambs. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, I did see Six Sense, and I love that movie. But I went into it knowing the ending, and that kind of sucked. But I still really enjoyed the ending knowing it. But, yeah, I need to see a Silence of the Lambs. I just haven't seen that. All right. Um, well, I, I also think this is a pretty tough category, Six Sense is obviously really strong and it was when M. Night Shyamalan was actually like crafting his twists and uh, putting thought into them and making sure that you know they worked um, but I I mean I Silence of the Lambs is one that just always sticks with you it's uh, as you said I mean this is like Academy Award winning Silence of the Lambs Anthony Hopkins is amazing Jodie Foster is amazing it is much i feel like it leaves outside of the twist with the sixth sense i feel like silence of the lamb as a film just leaves a bigger 
impression and leaves you kind of like feeling more like, oh my, like, I don't know. It just, it le left a bigger impression for me personally, at least. So I would vote Silence of the Lambs as well. All right. Put solution in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. This, uh, yeah, this one, I, I just couldn't find a place to put Unforgiven, so I put it here. Um, it doesn't really fit with horror, but anyway, um, so, uh, but I have Fargo versus Unforgiven. Well, this is a much easier one for me because I flat out hate Fargo. I hate what? that movie with a passion. I do not like it. I do not get it. I'm just, I just don't like it. I'm sorry. I just don't like it. Unforgiven though, I love Unforgiven. I think it's a masterpiece in the, in the genre of Westerns. I know we were talking about masterpieces earlier, but I truly believe that Unforgiven is a masterpiece. One of the greatest Westerns of all time. It doesn't rely on the old cliche of a Western movie of, oh, revenge plot tale. Like, no, he's retired. He's coming back into the game because he misses it. And that's where we go from there. So I definitely give it to Unforgiven because Fargo is horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how much my vote counts because once again, I have not seen Unforgiven, but I will take a Western over what I saw in Fargo. Woo! Oh my. <laughs> I, I, I kept hearing what a classic this was, how awesome this was. So I was actually excited to put it in and watch it. And my wife and I both sat in here and watched it and we were streaming it. So we hit pause several times to see how much time was left. Because we're just like, is this almost over? <laughs> Because <laughs> like, I just, I just didn't get it. Other than they're all from Minnesota and they have a strong accent and they're all overly polite, even when they're jerks. And Steve Buscemi was good. I had fun with Steve Buscemi, but I just, I think I agree with David. I just, I didn't get it. I just, I'm watching this. I'm like, I, where's the charm here? I just, I don't know. This is I don't, how I just, I don't quite understand. This is how I describe Fargo. The scene where the guy, spoiler alert a little bit, where the scene where the guy takes an axe to Steve Buscemi, I yes. felt like I was Steve Buscemi. I feel like the movie was taking an axe to my head. And I'm like, what is happening? You're taking an axe to my head. You are like destroying my brain here. All right, Larry, tell me you value good writing and characters. Please. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, my vote is actually pretty clearly for Fargo. Um... <laughs> Frances McDermott, she's so good. Oh, it's one of the best characters, great. in my opinion, she, oh, she ever written. amazing <laughs> in this movie, for one. Um, and yeah, it's like, it's like a funny, like, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's so good. I'm just like stunned. And Western's not really my thing, so I was like, oh yeah, this is the easy category for me as well. I'm definitely voting for Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's so good, I can't believe this. <laughs> this, is uh, like, this is like the Coen Brothers, probably actually my favorite Coen Brothers film. Uh, I think their writing has, this is like the pinnacle of their writing, so yeah. Okay, good, well I can live with that. All right, so okay, so the uh, this one I called the icons bracket. So there's a lot of like uh, either iconic movies or movies about like iconic people. So here we go. So the next, so the next one is JFK versus Malcolm X. Okay. I just saw JFK last night and I really liked it. I will say these both because 
for me, I had to leave the politics to the left. I had to keep the politics at the door and not let them influence my viewing of these movies because you have to view them as movies. Mm-hmm. Malcolm X is very well made. JFK is very well made. I will say for me personally, I will give it to JFK because I feel like the situation was more intriguing for me personally. I love how they were trying to solve the mystery and who killed JFK. Was there multiple gun? Sh- was there multiple shooters and whatnot? Malcolm X is a good t- focuses on some important matters at that time. But I feel like JFK was better presented to me from a filmmaking standpoint. I think. Oliver Stone directed a better, more interesting movie than what Spike Lee did. So I will give it to JFK for that reason. I did not see either of these movies. <laughs> so I don't think there's much that I can say. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, You're killing us, Chris. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think they're both really strong, solid movies. Both movies you should watch. Um, <laughs> JFK, I think I'm just like slightly um, the opposite of what Dave is. <laughs> in the fact where JFK, I was like, oh, this is like a, a good movie. Part of it, I just was like, oh, it's, I don't know, it feels a little bit sensationalized. Um, whereas Malcolm X, I think, just presented. I, li- I like the, the character study type films that that Malcolm X presents with a complex character, a controversial, complex, uh, you know, historical figure brought to screen. And Denzel, this is, I mean, I think top three Denzel performances with uh, Malcolm X. So that gets my vote. So I will break a tie. I'm going to go with Malcolm X also, because I, I like both movies, but I just, Malcolm X is so interesting as a person. Like, Holy cow. You want to read a great book? His autobiography is so good. One of my favorite books I've ever read. Uh, He's such an interesting human being. And a lot of the things you think you know about him aren't really necessarily true. And uh, anyway, just great. So, um, but I I just, uh, I think it's a really good movie. And so I'm going to go with Malcolm X. And uh, so, okay. So the next one we have is Shakespeare in Love versus Titanic. I feel conflicted here because popular or contentious would go with one movie, but I'm not sure I would agree with that. Okay. This, okay. Titanic has a great, great music, great score. James Horner and his prime, um, you know, Leo and Kate Winslet run all over the boat, screwing over Cal with that dang diamond, having fun times in that, car that's in the boat for whatever reason (laughs) (laughs) fun time Shakespeare in love you know I'm not a fan of Shakespeare you know as a per as a you know as a former high school student who always had (laughs) I'm sure all of us have have to read a little bit about Shakespeare for your English class and just saying yourself you know what guys I hate this Shakespeare guy he's making this class a lot more hard and not as fun. I don't care what the blue curtain symbolizes. It's a blue freaking curtain. I just want to go home. <laughs> I just go to gym class to where I can play basketball. But it actually, it actually made the whole telling of the Romeo and Juliet playing Shakespeare very interesting. I love how it kind of was from his personal life influencing the story of how he was finding this girl that he really loved. And that kind of influenced his input to make the story of Romeo and Juliet 
Oh, this is tough. This is very tough. I'm going to give it to Shakespeare in Love. Cool. Hmm. Because, oh, they, man. because they shared the door. Not really. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just need to make a jab at the dang door scene again. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, the door scene is kind of a killer in Titanic. Ha, get it? It's a killer. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> that, this is hard because, okay, so I'm kind of the opposite of you, David. When I was in high school, I did a lot of community theater, and I did a lot of Shakespeare. And I did a lot of Shakespeare because I didn't want to do the musicals because I can't sing to save my life. And the guy who directed the Shakespeare stuff made Shakespeare make sense. And so, like, I love so much of Shakespeare stories. And, and so Shakespeare in Love, I thought was pretty good. I thought it was a cool take on um, how Romeo and Juliet got written and stuff like that. And so there was, a, there was a lot of stuff that was fun with Shakespeare in Love. And I remember when I was a teenager and Titanic first came out, for whatever reason, I freaking loved that movie. Loved it. And then when I got older, I got honest with myself and I said, it is two and a half hours of just this long love scene, an hour and a half of the boat sinking. This is a long, long movie. Um, dang. That's what makes it hard. Both these movies have, like, to me, the same amount of pros and cons. Gosh, Rachel, thank you. Oh, sometimes we need these crazy, weird mismatches. These, oh, man. Okay. Which movie is shorter, Chris? Ask yourself that question. Yeah, I know. I know. Ah. Uh, but, you know, if there's one that really imprinted on my mind more, it's Titanic. That one has imprinted on my mind more. I love the musical score in Titanic. I think the musical oh. score in that movie is, is freaking awesome. I remember owning the soundtrack. I had such a blast with it. And as much as, like, he could have cut an hour out of that love story and still had the exact same effect with a much shorter movie, I think I'm going to go with Titanic. I mean, I don't know. As soon as the boat starts sinking, man, I'm still always on the edge of my seat. So these two films, I'm on one of the like, the like popular things to think, and on the other one, I, I never quite got around to the popular like hating of it. Um, and then one, I kind of am on the popular end of not hating it, but just being like, eh. This is one of the most undeserving Oscar wins ever. Um, and that goes to Shakespeare in Love. Uh, <laughs> I just am like, uh, well, I mean, I guess it's fine. Like, I, it's, it's a sweet enough movie. But I don't know. I just nothing in Shakespeare in Love really, like, stood out for me or was great or fantastic. It's a little bit cheesy. It's a little bit too much of that, like, I don't know. I found it a little bit saccharine. It just, everything with Shakespeare in Love, I'm just kind of like, Eh, okay. Meanwhile, I never got onto the the like hype train of turning and hating Titanic because uh, I still think it's a, a really good film. I think it's from just a filmmaking standpoint, other than maybe script and pacing, uh, which obviously are two big things. But it's just an immaculate film and a gorgeous film. It did break um, new ground when it came to technological advancements again it created one of the most iconic non like themed scores i would say there's not like a definitive theme you can sing but it is still like a that's titanic gave us celine dion and her iconic <laughs> my heart would go on so i mean overall i just think that it's a much better film than shakespeare in love uh, and much more deserving of its placed in in history uh, i'm like that 
best picture win. Hmm. I will All say right. real quick, the reason probably the reason why I like Shakespeare Love so much was because, you know, we all had that overheaping, like, oh, because I love Saving Private Ryan. So I probably had that mentality in my head, like, ah, this movie won over Saving Private Ryan. So I guess that's why I went in liking it so much, because my expectations were kind of like, like, oh, you beat shit, Saving Private Ryan. There's no way you could be better than that. And that's how I ended up liking it. Yeah. yeah. Titanic, the only time I listen to Celine Dion. I think there is some truth to that. So I actually like both. It would be kind of a hard one for me. So, okay. Uh, my, uh, so the next one is Rudy versus Shawshank Redemption. So inspirational. Oh my gosh. Why do you have to make this so hard sometimes? <laughs> you know, good movies, but that's the funny thing. You would think that I of all people would go with the sports movie, but I, I got to go Shawshank. You know, Bob Newby, I'm sorry. I love you, Mr. Superhero Rudy, but you know, it's, it's Shawshank all day. All right. Yeah, that one's hard, but I think I'm also going to go with Shawshank. I, I remember watching Rudy in school and stuff. So I've seen Rudy, and I remember liking it, but Shawshank is pretty awesome. Yeah, this is one where it's a pretty clear answer for me. It's just one that's a little bit sad because who doesn't love Rudy? Like, who doesn't just love that film? Um, but I just think Shawshank Redemption is maybe in a, a little bit of a different class in overall, like, filmmaking. Yeah. It gave us some of the more iconic characters and performances of all time. That script is just amazing. The story is really interesting. So I also vote for Shawshank Redemption. All right, the underdog cannot come through. Uh, Rudy, okay. Sorry, Rudy. <laughs> Next, we have The Fugitive versus Goodfellas. Both really great movies. <laughs> um, you know, The Fugitive has spawned many timeless quotes of, you find that man, it was the war-armed man, I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> Search every, uh, what is it? Uh, <laughs> dog house, sand house, outhouse. <laughs> We're looking for a doctor, Richard Kimball. You know, that's, you know, Harrison Ford at his finest, Tommy Lee Jones at his finest. And you have Goodfellas, would you have Ray Liotta, um, I almost forgot his name, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci. I think what's going to put this movie over the edge is the one scene where Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci are drinking, having, or smoking cigarette cigars and drinking, where he's like, why am I funny? Just that scene alone speaks so much volume to just the craziness of the mob mentality. Like one second, they're hooping, hollering, having fun. The next moment, they're like, what's going on here? Do I need to take you outside and clip you? So I'm going to give it to Goodfellas. So I haven't seen Goodfellas, and I have seen The Fugitive. But sitting here, the reason I haven't seen Goodfellas and the reason that I have seen The Fugitive is I have never been into gangster movies. And they might be good. Some of them might just be brilliant. But there's just something about the overall. And I'm not as passionate about this genre as I am about found footage. So I'm not going to have that much passion this time. But, but I just, that, that whole mob film thing never really spoke to me or, or stood out to me. Even if it's brilliantly made, there's just something about it that never really stood out to me. But The Fugitive, that was a good action flick. And when I was, you know, a kid in the 90s, man, I love speed. I loved The Fugitive. I love good, solid 90s, like, I did not kill my wife action films. So I'm going to go The Fugitive. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoy both of these films. The Fugitive is 
a lot of fun. It is also, I, I would say, really well made. Um, but I love Goodfellas. I think it is like just, I don't know. I'm, it's like right up with The Godfather for me personally. I really love Goodfellas. <laughs> just because I think maybe it's, it's a smidge more like lively and entertaining than yeah, The like Godfather. The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> so The Godfather was like the gateway drug for me. And then Goodfellas was just like let loose the like fun little bit more insane version with like Joe Pesci. Oh yes. I mean it's uh I love Goodfellas so it gets my point. Right. My funny a lot of people forget clown. I am laugh. A lot of people forget that Tom Jones won the Oscar for Fugitive. Yeah, mm-hmm. He was very good. He was so. amazing. Yeah. Okay. So now we're in the family bracket. This is my my bread and butter here. Uh, <laughs> so really? the first one that we have is Babe versus Home Alone. Uh, I hate to do this to you, babe, but you know, I just, I have to give it a home. I mean, yeah, I, I like the movie, babe. It's nice, cute, has an adorable little pig, but no, Home Alone just, I think has a little bit more heart. All right. You know, babe came out the same time that everybody was bringing up the same movies in two. So what we had babe and Gordy or Gordon or whatever that yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. But, What's hard is when you put Babe and Home Alone together, I have to go Home Alone. Loved Home Alone. Loved Terry and Marv and all the crazy antics that Kevin McAllister put them through. I just, Home Alone and Home Alone 2 are amongst my favorites. Like, of, of when I was a child. I just, I love those movies so much. So, sorry, Babe. Joe Pesci's two for three this bracket now. That's right. <laughs> um yeah i mean obviously home alone is great i personally would vote for babe it holds a special place in my heart (laughs) i am a sucker for animals and animal films uh and babe is just so cute and his relationship with that farmer you know that'll do pig like it's just it's so good (laughs) i love babe so i i would vote because you like cute things. I like cute things. Sorry, um, Kevin. No. This one is almost impossible for me. I love both these movies so much. I don't know. It, it, depending if I was going on what I think is really the best or what I think has the most nostalgia for me. Uh, but I love both those movies so much. So, okay, next we have Beauty and the Beast, Beauty and the Beast versus Princess Mononoke. Well, I think this is the one where... We have all seen only one of these. I have only seen Beauty and the Beast because I fell asleep last night to Princess Mononoke. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll give it to Beauty and the Beast. Simply all right. because I can't give a strong opinion on its opponent. Sounds yes. good. I, I will say, I was watching the trailer for Princess Mononoke because I have not seen that. And now I really, really want to. That mm-hmm. trailer was so fascinating and so interesting. And, you know, Rachel, you've introduced me to, like, the Studio Ghibli and things like that. I'm like, I don't know if that's Studio Ghibli, but you've introduced me to, like, those kind of things. I'm just like, that looks good. I've done a good deed in my life. (laughs) Yeah. You've done it for me, too, Rachel. We thank you. We thank you so much. (laughs) Yes, we do thank you. But I think, and this is me giving a strong prediction here. Let's say I had seen Princess Mononoke, and let's go best case scenario. I loved that movie as much as I as much as I liked the trailer, and as interesting as I found the trailer. Let's say I found the movie that interesting. I'm still gonna give it to Beauty and the Beast because that was such a good 
Disney classic. And that was just like, for me, like the, the trinity of my favorite that they did was Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and Lion King. With Lion King reigning King Supreme in my favorite. Like Lion King will win any time you put that in a bracket. But Beauty and the Beast uh, would come in third, Aladdin second. But I, I really do like Beauty and the Beast a lot. So I, I really can't see myself voting for Princess Mononoke over Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, so uh, I have seen both Princess Mononoke and Beauty and the Beast, and it, Princess Mononoke is as gorgeous and wonderful as that trailer made it seem. Um, it's just it's a very interesting, I mean, like all Studio Ghibli, it's a very interesting film with an amazing story. Um, but Beauty and the Beast is my number one favorite animated film from any of the studios of all time. So unfortunately it got put up against um, another great animated film, but my vote also goes to Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, just the, the music is so amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, so all right, next we have uh, the, the before mentioned Lion King versus Toy Story. Toy Story. You know, if you saw me in the animated bracket, you know what my all-time number one favorite anime movie of all time is. You know, I love both these movies. They are both fantastic and spectacular. But my top animated movie of all time that's in not only my favorite animated movie of all time, but my top ten favorite movies of all time is Toy Story. I grew up with that movie. I related to it so much between the characters of Woody and Buzz. It's so beautiful. I just... Yeah, I love it. I just, words cannot describe how much I love Toy Story. So I gave it to Toy Story. Well, I'm a man of my word. And I said, if you put Lion <laughs> King up against anything, Lion King is going to win. And I have nothing negative to say about Toy Story. Toy Story is awesome in every way, shape, and form. And it was groundbreaking. The characters are awesome. I mean, I have nothing negative to say about Toy Story. But I just that's, that's a testament to how much I love Lion King. Lion King is just, it is a highlight in my mind, in my childhood. There's a few movies that are highlights for me, and Lion King is one of those highlights. And I just, I love The Lion King, so I have to give it there. Yeah, I love both of these films as well. As I think probably the majority of the population does. <laughs> um, Toy Story, I mean, is amazing. It was unique, it was awesome. But Lion King is like my childhood. So it wasn't until a little bit older that Beauty and the Beast won out and became my favorite animated film of all time. I was able to kind of appreciate it for all it was because Lion King like ruled my life for my entire childhood <laughs> through like teenage years. I love Lion King. It's still number two, right behind Beauty and the Beast. Uh, so I'm sorry, Toy Story. You can't you can't wedge wedge your way in between the two films. So Lion King gets my vote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next we have Jurassic Park versus Independence Day. Well, oh, wow. Oh, you all know where I'm going. 
Is this is this still not the blockbuster category? Because those are two awesome blockbusters. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you're talking about, Chris, because you have one of the all-time greatest movies in Jurassic Park with one of the all-time biggest crap heaps called Independence Day <laughs> that has nothing good about it except one amazing speech that says America. You take that speech out, the movie is garbage. You throw in the trash, you set it on fire, you throw a cigarette in it, explosion, because Independence Day is garbage, a CGI heap of a mess. Will Smith can't even save the movie. Not even Jeff Goldblum can help him save the movie because Jurassic Park is one of the greatest movies of all time going up against a piece of trash. I see you look at me, Rachel. Because Jurassic Park is the awe and wonderment of us of our childhoods. When we look up, we see dinosaurs. We have the, sh the shining glimmer in our eyes. That is Jurassic Park. Steven Spielberg at his finest. Going up against Roland Emmerich, who can't make a good movie to save his life. <laughs> Besides the Patriot, though, because he had Mel Gibson to help him out there. So he can't make a good movie on his own. He needs Mel Gibson to help him out because Independence Day sucks. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> wow. So I love Independence Day, and I love that movie beginning to end. And yeah, it is stupid and it is ridiculous, but it's like Sharknado, you know? You don't watch it because you know this is going to be a fantastic film. You watch it because you know how much fun you're going to have with it. And I love Independence Day because that movie is pure fun to me. It is pure joy to watch that movie. That said, Jurassic Park wins hands down without even a second thought. Dr Look at this shirt. Look at this shirt. Okay. Jurassic Park is the clear winner. You put Jurassic Park with me against any movie. Okay. Maybe that's a bold statement, but Jurassic Park more than likely is going to win because Jurassic Park was one of the biggest impacts on my childhood. That movie it came out when I was nine years old, and I remember being captured by the magic of the movie. We went to a Thursday night sneak preview, which was a rare thing back then, but this had it, and we went, and we had to leave when the T-Rex ate the guy off the toilet because my sister was four years younger than me and beyond terrified of that T-Rex, and I was angry, man. I was angry. I dreamed about that movie night and day. I wanted to see the rest of it, and when my dad took me alone and I saw the rest of it beginning to end, I drank too much Coke, and I had to go to the bathroom so bad, and it hurt so much, but I was that dedicated to this movie that I refused to get up. I, I couldn't miss a single frame. And you know what? I am still that way about Jurassic Park. I have seen this movie about a million times over, but whenever it's on, it captures my imagination and I cannot get up. I have to watch it beginning to end. Ah, I love Jurassic I even got it like in 3D and it looks awesome. All righty. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different impassioned votes for Jurassic Park there. Um, so I think Jurassic Park might be one of the most overrated films of all time. No, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I love Jurassic Park. Uh, <laughs> it also is my childhood and I still don't think dinosaurs have been put to screen better than that original Jurassic Park film. It's just, I mean, it's mind blowing. I think Independence Day is really fun too, but I mean, one is like timeless classic film and one is like a fun disaster movie of the 90s. So Jurassic Park also gets my vote. It did win our blockbuster tournament over all the blockbusters of Empire all time. Empire Strikes so. Back. Oh man, that's hard. Jurassic Park versus Empire Strikes Back. That is the worst. Oh, I dropped my phone. 
That is the worst <laughs> combo ever. Like that is, I don't know how you do that fairly. Oh my! Well, we did it. Last time. passion I am about that. I kick yeah. the wire and fling my phone. <laughs> I remember uh, my reasoning. I remember okay, reasoning. so next we're going into the awards bracket. So this is like Oscar, whatever kind of movies. Um, so next <laughs> we have Schindler's List versus The Last of the Mohicans. Okay. This is tough because it's it's pretty easy enough. I mean, obviously, I have to go with Shinder's List. I mean, I love Last of the Mohicans. I think it's a really great movie. I love it so much. Daniel Day-Lewis at his prime. It's really just a fascinating tale in the history. In the, wait, was it the French and Indian War? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so it was technically before America, pre-America. And it was just a fascinating tale of pre-America and that war and just – going through all the different cultures and, and the French and the British fighting each other's. You know, Schindler's List, that movie hits you. It hits you where it hurts. I mean, the, the last scene in the movie where he's like, this car, it could have saved six. This watch, it could have saved two. When he breaks down, you just, you want to break down with them because of like, you just see the despicable, vile human nature of the Nazis, especially with Rafe Fiennes, great performance of how vile he is it just uh, gets me every time so i i gotta go with schindler's list you know i the only thing i've seen out of schindler's list is that ending scene that you just mentioned and i just watched last of the mohicans for the first time this week and i'm going to give it to schindler's list based on the one scene that i've seen because that one scene, just that one scene by itself of Schindler's List, even outside of the context of the rest of the movie, I thought was convicting and powerful. And Last of the Mohicans was okay. I, I, had, I seriously had no reaction to Last of the Mohicans. Everybody told me I needed to see it, what a classic it is, how awesome it is. And I was like, ah, I'd rather watch The Patriot. I mean, I was thinking that when I was watching this, it's just like, ah, I mean, this is okay. I'm a little bored. But there was just... I mean, again, Schindler's List. I've only seen that one ending scene, and I haven't forgotten it. Just that one ending scene is imprinted mm -hmm. on my mind, even without the context of the movie, without seeing Ray Fine's performance, without any of that. That one scene of this ring could have saved this many people. Why did I have this car? Why do I have this? I could have sold this, and six people could have been saved. The fact that that, I mean, that has stuck in my mind. That's powerful, man. Schindler's List. Uh, yeah, I think The Last of the Mohicans is a really good film. I think it is a really well-made film with some great performances. Um, I think there's some, <laughs> I mean, there's a little bit of weirdness with, I guess, Daniel Day-Lewis as a Mohican and like this half-white brother. I mean, I know it's, you know, but um, also some of the like romance stuff, I think takes away from the overall impact. But um, Schindler's List, I mean, just really is is one that i mean just grabs you by the heart and rips it out like it is such uh, it's one you don't really ever want to watch again after <laughs> you've seen it i mean because it's just such an emotionally draining film the entire time um but again i mean we're speaking of fantastic performances the performances in schindler's lists are amazing just the attention to detail and filmmaking in schindler's list is pretty spectacular obviously behind some of the the symbols um, 
as well as the cinematography is gorgeous. It's, Schindler's List is like one of, in my regard, the best films. I, I hesitate to say favorite films, because again, I don't really, I mean, I have seen it more than once at this point in my life. I don't really want to watch it. I, this is not something I'm like, let's pop in Schindler's List. But I think it is one of the best films ever made that I've seen. So Schindler's List gets my vote. Yeah, it's, and that scene with the girl with the red coat is yeah. mm. unbelievable. All right, uh, next we have, we changed it up a little bit from the Twitter tournament, um, but we have Saving Private Ryan versus Braveheart. Okay, so both really great, fantastic movies. You have Mel Gibson showing, showcasing that he is a great director and that he can create a fine piece of art. And Save Private Ryan. A lot of people call it Spielberg's masterpiece. I don't think I would call it that, but it is one of the greatest war movies of all time that really showcase how dark and gritty and just how horrible war is, especially the opening scene alone. I remember the first time I watched it, I was pretty young when I watched it. I almost I felt very uncomfortable watching the the storming of Normandy on D-Day, that whole scene, because you have guys are getting limbs blown off, the guy's guts is hanging out, he's yelling out for his mother. I'm like Wow, this is some serious crap right here. I am going to give it to Braveheart because I feel like Braveheart gave me that emotional impact from the main character alone. Granted, I got a lot of that in Saving Private Ryan, but I feel like Braveheart gave me something from a filmmaking standpoint that I look for in every movie. So I will give it to Braveheart for that. I love both of these movies. And Saving Private Ryan is probably the best World War II movie I've seen. I love Saving Private Ryan so good. But Mel Gibson war movies are pretty darn awesome. And Braveheart is the pinnacle of that for me. I like the way he directs. I like his eye in directing. And I love the way Mel Gibson acts. Like, I just, I love that when you look at his face, the emotion that he's feeling, you see it in his eyes and you see it in his face. And the fact that Mel Gibson has these, like, I mean, Braveheart has these life lessons that stick with you. Like when he's sitting there in prison and he's like, every man dies, not every man truly lives. It's like, oh, well, thank you. Now I got to go live a better life. Thank you so much, Braveheart. I can't just sit on the couch and eat chips. I got to go live a better life because you're sitting there in a cell telling me you've actually lived. Dang it. I mean, so like, I think Braveheart has a lot of really great moments like that. And that's why I'm going to give it to Braveheart. I like those Mel Gibson war movies. I think they just got a lot of heart. And Braveheart did a really good job with that. All right. Well, I forgot to say, James Horner's score. James Horner's score. That's true. And that Braveheart. is awesome. I forgot to say that. Powerful. <laughs> so one of these films I love, um, I mean, we just came off of the Spielberg masterpiece with um, Schindler's List, and this is another Spielberg masterpiece in my book. And as cliche as it is, Spielberg is my favorite director. And I think Saving Private Ryan is probably my favorite war film of all time. War movies, they're hit or miss with me. Like, I, I didn't used to love the genre really at all. I used to like dread going to, to war movies. Um, but I've come to appreciate at least the good ones more. And I think, say, I don't think any other war movie still has done it better than Saving Private Ryan. I mean, I think it's just spectacular. And then with the, like, I guess, 
little bit of cultural insensitivities of Braveheart uh, <laughs> and inaccuracies. I, I, I know I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I'm like, yeah, whatever, Pocahontas, but Braveheart. Um, but <laughs> um, but I, I think Braveheart is more of just kind of like a fun, it's fun, but I think it's funner than Saving Private Ryan for sure. Um, <laughs> It's a, I guess it's a more easily watchable movie, but I, I think Saving Private Ryan is the better movie, so that gets my vote. All right. So, okay, so next we have Pulp Fiction versus Fight Club. Ooh, that's a good one there. Pulp Fiction is by far my favorite Tarantino movie. I know that's a cliche to say, but just, I can't help it. I just love it so much. I mean, that's the definition of dialogue driven character driven it's just beautiful i mean just long scenes and long takes of people just talking back and forth whether they're just sitting down eating dinner eating breakfast then you have fight club which is very very weird it has that david fincher like mind screw job that whatever you want to call it but if it was seven i would probably go with that fincher movie but I'm going to give it to Pulp Fiction. Hmm. <laughs> this category is extremely hard for me because um, I don't like either of these movies. And uh, Tarantino is another one. I don't get it. I just, any movie he does, I don't get it. And of all the movies that I don't understand, Pulp Fiction is the king of what I don't understand. <laughs> I'm watching Pulp Fiction. I think I watched it for the first time years ago with one of my friends, and he was raving what a brilliant film this is. I'm like, yeah, sure, dude, I trust you. I don't trust him anymore. I don't let this guy give me movie stuff anymore because I'm watching Pulp Fiction, and I'm just like, what is this? They're just talking. If I want to watch people just talk, let's go to Starbucks. Let's have some coffee and let's people watch. What is, what am I watching? What is going on? Why is this so freaking popular? Okay, I'm an actor and I've done acting classes. People do scene studies on Pulp Fiction scenes. I'm like, why? What? What could you possibly bring out of any of this crappy dialogue that's brilliant? There is nothing, there's nothing good about this. This is boring. And so if I had to pick, I have to pick Fight Club because at least Fight Club had a story. All right, so tie-breaking time, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I really like both of the films, so I, I can't relate. Sorry, uh, Durbin. But I, <laughs> I think that the writing is really fun in Pulp Fiction. I think it's Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I would say I think it's one of his best scripts, if not the best script, and one of the better films that he has made. Um, but I like what Fight Club says about like toxic masculinity. Like I feel like that's always like an underlying thing that isn't talked about with the film as much. Because um, it, it kind of embodies that idea of toxic masculinity while also like, harpooning it, which I think is a, a, a great, really sophisticated thing that Venture did. Uh, the twist is great. I, uh, Fight Club is one that I regularly revisit. I think it is one of like, uh, I don't know how high up on my list it is. It's, it's pretty high, though. I, I really love Fight Club. So I love Pulp Fiction, too, but Fight Club gets my vote. All right. Uh, so last in this bracket is Hoop Dreams versus Goodwill Hunting. Well, 
You would think, being the only one here that actually coaches basketball, I would go with Hoop Dreams. But Goodwill Hunting is a great study of a character of who has this amazing gift, but he doesn't want to use it. And Hoop Dreams, I feel like, was an overlonged, boring take on just two guys that are just trying to make the NBA that were NBA rejects. It was an hour and a half too long. It should have just been an hour and a half. So yeah, Goodwill Hunting. I'm sorry, I just didn't. I just didn't really care for Hoop Dreams. All right. I didn't. I didn't see Hoop Dreams, but I've seen enough of those kind of sports movies. That it's, it's a like, documentary. Like, so you can't. yeah, it's actually a documentary. Is it? <laughs> oh. Yeah, they they live with it, like follow the families in these. Well, then I definitely give it to Goodwill Hunting. I mean, <laughs> depending on your documentary, it just kind of depends. Documentaries, I don't know. I don't. When I go to the movie, I want to see a story. <laughs> oh. Oh. But, but Goodwill Hunting was okay. I, I I was watching Goodwill Hunting with my wife, and I was watching it yesterday. So I was watching it yesterday for the first time ever. And I think what I enjoyed most about Goodwill Hunting is going. That's where Community, the TV show, was like spoofing. <laughs> oh, it's that scene and it's that music. It's the like. All those little iconic scenes that would pop up and, you know, different movies would kind of spoof that or use that. And I'm like, that's where that came from. Otherwise, it's like, that's ah, okay. I mean, to me, it just felt like it's one of those movies that if, you know, you're in high school and you have to, like, study something and, and the teacher doesn't know what better to do, so they put in Goodwill Hunting, so you watch it in parts over the week and you're just excited you're watching a movie in class instead of, you know, studying. Um, it feels like it was that kind of movie. Like, it's just that kind of movie you'd put on in school and watch, but I, I don't know. I mean, I liked it. I just, I guess I didn't see all the hype, but if I had to pick between the two of them, it, it'd be Goodwill Hunting. Um, yeah, I, I think Hoop Dreams is a pleasant film. I think it's a nice movie. Um, I don't, yeah, I mean, I, amongst sports documentaries, I don't feel like there's too many better sports documentaries out there uh, that deal with sports. Um, actually, I, don't, I can't really think of all that many sports documentaries, period. But <laughs> off the top of my head. I can give um, you but I feel like it's, it's an interesting take on being about basketball, but not being about basketball. So I feel like that's, that's where you. the intrigue <laughs> uh, comes through with on that, where it takes a deviation from just like a straight up sports documentary. Um, and then Goodwill Hunting, I think, has is really bolstered by strong performances, um, as well as the strong. I think the script is also very strong. There's a, there there is a lot to kind of make fun of with Goodwill Hunting, meaning why community uh, made fun of it. But I do think I think Goodwill Hunting has a has a stronger place in in history. I think it's the one I've seen more times. I would go with Goodwill. Okay. Well, I let me just say, Hoop Dreams, Hoop Dreams was, is is really important movie in my life. Uh, it's when you know Gene Gene Siskel and Roger were like raved about it, and so then I went and saw it, and it it really I think I had like a certain idea of like what what people were like on the other side of the tracks or whatever. You know, this idea of like what poverty was like, and I went and saw this movie, and it's not about basketball. That's such BS. It's about these families and about these boys and how just how the dream of basically getting out of poverty which was which is the mba 
how that is both a blessing and a curse in their life. And I, I think the moment when the mother graduates from nursing school is the most, one of the most impactful moments I've ever seen in movies. I, it just, it literally changed the way I thought about people. And so it's a really important movie to me. I love it. And um, I think that Good Will Hunting is kind of overrated. I, I, I do. I think that Ron Williams <laughs> is really good in it, but I think the story is pretty maudlin. And uh, yeah. I don't know, I, it didn't connect with me like it did with so many people. Uh, I think maybe because I really didn't watch movies with a ton of cursing back then, but people were like, oh, you got to watch this. So I went and saw it and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, so like, Hello. I think I just had a different hey. experience yeah. watching it than most people had, but well, I don't funny. know. Watching it like years after the hype, years after it was such a big deal and watching it for the first time last night, I agree that I think Goodwill Hunting was a little overrated. Um, yeah. but, like documentaries like I guess I got to be in a special mood but your description makes me like oh that sounds really really interesting so I might have to put that on my list and check it out yeah because they actually like like basically live with these people for like like seven years I think that and I, I just the James the Steve James made it. I just think it's amazing I love it but anyway okay so next is next we're getting into the blockbuster brackets our last bracket uh, and um, so Okay, so next we have The Matrix versus Terminator 2. Mm. Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, wow. It, it pains me because they're both such great movies, but I think I know which way I'm going with. Okay, so Terminator 2, great action sequel. Um, some could say it's better than the original. It, I kind of flip every once in a while, flip back and forth every once in a while because T2 is like a pure action movie, whereas T1 is like action horror. Then you have The Matrix, which is like so sophisticated and is so well thought out. And then it makes me curious because the Wachowskis had more ambitions to make it more sophisticated and more like in depth than what it actually was. The studio actually told them to, okay, you need to maybe cut some of this stuff out because it's going to be too confusing for people. And then when they gave them all the free reigns in the sequels, that's when it did become too confusing for the people. Yeah. I will give it to T2. All right. That's hard. Because I really like the first two Terminator movies. I, I had a lot of fun with those. Those are... And I saw them as adults, too. Like So when I ended up watching them for the first time, I was a grown-up. So I didn't see them when they first came out and they weren't part of my childhood. And so watching those first two Terminator movies as an adult, man, I was like, wow, these are really, really good. But the reason I'm going to go with the matrix is just because for me personally, I remember seeing that on the big screen and it was one of those movies that I, I went into and I knew little to nothing about it. Like the trailers are intriguing. You know, the trailers always leave you with what is the matrix.com, you know, like the trailers I think, I think these, this was brilliant marketing because it left you with enough that you were interested, but just enough that you were utterly confused and you want to know what this is. So it was really cool that even having seen the marketing, I went into this movie knowing nothing. And just the symbolism that's in it, like the thing I like about the first movie is where the studio stepped in. Cause sometimes I don't like it when a studio steps in, but when the studio steps in, just dumb this down a little bit for your audience. I did enjoy that because it was sophisticated enough that every time I go through it, there are so many layers. And I feel like every time I watch it, there's a new layer I'm uncovering. There's like a whole new like 
philosophy or something underneath that I'm discovering. And I love it when a movie does that, when I could do that. And so, and I'll, and it just has just enough fun action with the Kung Fu. I love martial arts movies and I love what this movie did with the Kung Fu, you know, Neo versus Morpheus, uh, Neo versus Agent Smith and just what they did with the Kung Fu in this movie. I just, I loved it. I thought it was so, so good. And so for many reasons, the shallow reasons and some of the deeper reasons, The Matrix just stands out to me. Yeah, this is definitely a hard bracket, but as time has shown, you definitely need to put some reins on the Wachowskis. Like, if you just let them run amok, yeah. then they will run amok, and um, I think that is why the first Matrix film is by far their best film, and arguably one of very few actually, like, fully realized good films that they as a team have made. Um, but I, I agree with everything you just said. I think that it is a very sophisticated action film. It has so many layers. It has so much to think about. It, again, like kind of revitalized how we shoot action in many ways. Um, obviously, with like the bend backing, slow-mo type of crazy stuff. Um, and then you have Terminator 2, T2, uh, that I think is like, at least top five just action movies of all time. It is just straight up Sarah Connor is, I think that's why I like it at least as much as the first. It's just because I love the character of Sarah Connor. We get so much more of her and her coming into her own like awesomeness in the second Terminator bit. Um, so this is hard, but I think I'm also going to vote for The Matrix. Ah, dang it. Sorry, Terminator. <laughs> well, and the first two Terminators are the only ones that I, like, acknowledge. Well, yeah, the rest are terrible. Like, no. there has, I, I don't think there's been a good one since. I will <laughs> say Salvation was a unique Ugh. take, reverse engineering it, like taking it from the other angle. But still, I agree with you guys that if there's a Terminator franchise, it's just the first two. The other ones are just goofy experiments. Let's see what else we can do. I will, say this. I will say this. As much problems as there are with Terminator Genesis, the moment where Arnold says, take care of my Sarah, that was better, the best scene <laughs> out of a Terminator sequel that wasn't the second one. It's, that one moment is better than any moment from Terminator 3, 4, and 5. <laughs> uh, That's what I'll say. I, I'm reminded of the damning with faint praise there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one. Okay. So next we have a uh, um, we have a uh, Point Break versus Thelma and Louise. Well, this is an easy one because wait for it. I hate Thelma and Louise. I'm sorry. I just don't like it. Oh, my Lord. I never got into it. <laughs> my Lord. When, when they drove off the cliff at the end, sorry, spoilers alert, people, in case you haven't seen it. When they drove off, I'm like, good, good. I'm glad they're gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but point break, you know, it's dumb, fun action. It's like, well, maybe not as dumb, fun as like you would probably say Independence Day is, which is just dumb. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Point Break, I like it. I mean, you got you got Patrick Swayze, you got Keanu Reeves. I just I just love the whole you know, Special Agent Johnny Utah. I'm an FBI agent, man. Let's go skydiving, man. Yo, Bodie, you can't be stealing stuff, Bodie. 
<laughs> <laughs> so I will give it to Point Break. Uh, I feel bad because I, I haven't seen either of these movies. But, Watch you know, Point when Break. I watched the first Fast and the Furious movie, I haven't seen Point Break, but I know enough of Point Break to know, like, generally what it's about. And the first Fast and the Furious movie kind of reminded me of what I know Point Break is about. That cop that goes in undercover, he's an adrenaline junkie. And there couldn't be a franchise I hate more in the world than Fast and the Furious. <laughs> so I feel like some of that prejudice bleeds over into Point Break. But I haven't seen Thelma and Louise, so... I can't really give it to either one of them. But, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, like David, this is also a very easy choice for me, uh, just on the opposite side. Because <laughs> Point Break is literally kind of just whatever to me. I mean, well, I don't really know why we had to remake it. That's for sure. Um, and I just, I don't, I never have really gotten this like cult classic, like status of Point Break. <laughs> but I mean, it's fine. Thelma and Louise, however, I, as a child, I don't know, I watched Thelma and Louise quite a bit. And maybe this is just like good old feminist Larry talking, but this is like a staple in feminist cinema and like women in cinema, because these are two very complex, very well-developed, well-written characters. They're not completely likable. They're not completely bad. They they have like really strong understanding motives. And I think watching as, as they work into their development and as all of these things continue to happen, some in their control and some bad luck or some out of their control, um, I just, I find it so good. And I think both Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon are amazing in it. We get like young seductor Brad Pitt in this movie. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I mean, yeah, you get like the car, the car scenes, which is I still think a super iconic scene. I I love Thelma Louise, so that gets my vote. So I will break the tie, and uh, <laughs> I agree with Larry on this one. I think Thelma Louise is a great movie. I think you're nuts, David. Um, I think Yay! Point Break is fun. I feel like because I, of my I, prejudice <laughs> and your guys' description, I'd pick Thelma and Louise. <laughs> Want to get nuts? Come on. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So next we have Forrest Gump versus Men in Black. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All righty. Wow. Wow. Why? Why? <laughs> this, is, this is so awkward. It's so weird. Okay. Well, Men in Black is that fun blockbuster movie. Forrest Gump is that Oscar-worthy type of movie. I'm going to give it, though, to Men in Black, because if you put Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith together, I love Tommy Lee Jones. Just the way he speaks, like the grumpy old grandpa. Well, sure, we can do this. Well, and you have Will Smith, who's just cool and slick as can be. You know, I love Forrest Gump, but you know what? Jenny is a disgusting, vile human being. All Forrest <laughs> did was love Jenny. But what did Jenny do? She only used him when it was convenient for her. She went off and went and got those heroin addicts. She came back like, oh, hey, I'm dying of AIDS. Here's, here's my child that we had, our, our love child. Here, take care of him while, when, I'm, when I'm dead. So, yeah, there you go, Forrest. So, Men in Black. <laughs> I agree with you about Jenny. Yeah, she's I a agree. Yeah, she's not she is a, a jerk. <laughs> I mean, I like Forrest Gump because it has such heart. 
<laughs> I mean, Forrest Gump is a good movie. That's why this is kind of hard. And they're wildly different. One is a blockbuster action comedy, and one, like you said, is Oscar-worthy. But um, I'm going to give it to Men in Black as well for different reasons, though. I mean, yeah, Jenny's a jerk, and I 100% agree with you. But Men in Black is so fun. Oh, my gosh. It's just the year after Independence Day, Will Smith returning back to, you know, a world of aliens. And this one was just plain fun with Tommy Lee Jones, with Will Smith, with the memory flashy thingy, with, with uh, oh, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with Men in Black. And that's why I'm going to go with it. I like Forrest Gump, Oscar worthy. I have nothing negative to say about uh, Forrest Gump except Ginny. You are a jerk. I hope you went to heaven. I do. But my gosh, <laughs> you're a jerk. But Men in Black was, was fun. I loved it. God's just giving Jenny, like, okay, Jenny, you can come in here, but we need to have a little talk about how we treat people, okay? <laughs> yes. Our kids off on them when we're about to die, okay? It's an important <laughs> life lesson. Like, I think she was supposed to be a jerk because she was supposed to show, like, the other side of history. You know, like, Forrest is, like, the 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 more populous like more i don't know more poopy yeah. kind of side I mean, and she's side. like the the underbelly rebellious side or whatever <laughs> but like she could have been a little nicer to forrest at least oh yeah i think forrest gump has had the kind of like we talked about earlier titanic or it it fits right in with the titanic and uh shakespeare in love yep, little grouping of like retroactively people like coming back and hating him first of all i mean like ugh, overrated shouldn't have won any oscars <laughs> and i'm not quite in that camp either no i don't course, hate it no no I'll I'll, i like forrest gump i, I love yeah. forrest gump it's no great. yeah i i just think it's a weird phenomenon i mean when you do look back on it forrest gump is a weird story. <laughs> like it's a very weird, yeah. like metaphor. Like it's a, it's a, it is strange, and you're kind of just like, okay, well, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, Tom Hanks is so good. Like that's undeniable. I, I think even the haters that are now out there for Forrest Gump can't deny Tom Hanks' brilliance. And stuff. Um, but maybe it's just because I have a stronger connection to my childhood. I'm also going to vote for Men in Black. I used to love Men in Black. And I, I look back on the 90s and I still think of it as like one of my favorite action films and, possibly, and one of my favorite comedies. Like I think Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith worked so well off of each other. It was so inventive and so fun. So I also vote for Man in Black. Yeah, I mean, I, you know what I was just thinking? That I think that this whole like cycle of like loving and then hating a movie like still exists, but now it happens in like, a, year. a month. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, was like, I know. It's weird. <laughs> it's with every superhero movie. It's with every superhero yeah, movie. Yeah, it is. Every superhero every movie, like La La Land, yeah, totally so had that. <laughs> of course, La La Land, that was just eh from the beginning. Of course, it that also was, happens. That's just a case of it was overhyped before I even started. I was going to say, I feel like we're now a ho overhyped society. Yes. So as soon as something, so La La Land, I think people still would have liked it if it wasn't winning awards over things like Moonlight and the smaller ones are like more mature filmmaking. <laughs> then people wouldn't have like turned on La La Land quite as much as they did. But then you have things like The Force Awakens that people turned on like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah, know, sad people turn on Force Awakens. That's a good movie. Yeah, wow, it's I like mean, you're allowed to enjoy things for like two weeks and then they're like <laughs> overrated. Wait, yeah. everybody <laughs> likes this? I have to be different. It's lame. 
<laughs> the ripoff. Again, I, I mentioned it, and it still hasn't really happened. It's just like little murmurs. But if Wonder Woman sneaks nominations in award season, oh, oh, oh my God, I am actually like a little bit <laughs> Like if it, because Warner Brothers is pushing it, and if it gets in there, I know the hate train is on its way. But you know yeah. what, though? You know what, though? I don't like the Oscars. I don't like those awards because they're yes, so I'm political not. and they're so snobby. And they never pick movies like Wonder Woman ever because they're blockbusters, you know? So, like, they never pick, like, superhero genre movies or big blockbuster movies. But you know how much talent and work goes into those kind of movies? Gosh. So, yeah. I hope they get it. I don't care if it wins or not, but I hope it gets in there because it deserves to have an upset the Oscars. Like, Lord of the Rings was, like, the rare one that like, the each one. one got nominated. And... Well, because that's the one, if you don't nominate it, everybody <laughs> hates you. And it goes we back just to the same politicalness I dislike. Yeah. Uh, okay, so next is LA Confidential. This is the last one of this round. Uh, of this uh, round. It's LA Confidential versus The Usual Suspects. Okay. Both are very well-received movies that I do not think are great masterpieces. I think they're good movies. Um, this is tough. Weird, weird. This is weird cases of movies that are like well-received, like as masterpieces. But I just think they're like you know not like the nine or ten out of tens people say. I would say like oh yeah, like they're eight out of tens. They're still good, not like amazing. Um, I haven't seen either of these. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Usual Suspect. Oh, good. I'll give it just for the sake of Kaiser Sose. All right. Well, this this one is tough because um, I haven't seen either of these. And, uh, <laughs> You're all but, killing you know, But the thing about these kind of movies is it's, it's, it's this kind of genre. It's, it's not my favorite genre. So I just didn't yeah. have too much excitement about diving into these. Well, let's hope Larry agrees with David. <laughs> Come on, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Larry. So I think that the usual suspect is just more fun for me. Uh, I think it, I have a better time watching the usual suspects, and, and, and I do think it's a really well-crafted, like, noir-style mystery. And, it's, I mean, so is L.A. Confidential, but I just, I think L.A. Confidential takes itself a little bit more serious, and so I have a little bit less fun. I mean, Kim Basinger's awesome, but uh, I also would vote for The Usual Suspects. All right, good. Okay, so for these next uh, few rounds, let's just, like, do lightning. Like, we, we now we've heard what everybody has to say about about all the films, so let's just pump it out. Uh, unless, the ones, unless it's ones we hate. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, right, so we're back up to the comedy. We have Billy Madison versus Rushmore. I got to give it to Billy Madison. Like I said, Rushmore, lower end, Wes Anderson. I give it to Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Uh, Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at Adam Sandler making it all this way. Okay. Oh, it was uh, the 90s Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> okay, next we have Dumb and Dumber versus Dazed and Confused. Oh. Dazed and Confused. Dumb and Dumber. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna vote Dumb and Dumber. Oh, I'm actually okay with that. It's, it's tough. Right. I'll take either one. <laughs> okay, so next we have Scream versus Edward Scissorhands. Oh gosh, 
geez, do you go for the whimsical art style movie or just a pure fun parody movie? <sighs> Scream. Scream. Oh, it's so hard. Uh, <laughs> but my vote is, doesn't matter now. I, I'm going to barely give it to Scream, too. All right. Uh, Mine was we... just barely as well, Larry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like narrow, narrow margin. <laughs> well, then we have Silence of the Lambs versus Unforgiven. Oh. Oh. Jeez. Sounds of the Lambs. Ninja Turtles. Silence of the Lambs. All right. Okay. Next, we have Malcolm X versus Titanic. <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> Titanic. Uh, I'd actually go Malcolm X this time. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, then we have Shashank Redemption versus Goodfellas. I already know where Chris is going with this. Oh, yeah. Not even a question for me. <laughs> Shawshank. There we go. There's my vote. Shawshank. It's in. If it was the <laughs> Godfather, it would be no doubt I'd go with the Godfather. That movie's so overrated. I will hurt you. I love coughing controversy. <laughs> I'm going God, Goodfellas. I'm going Goodfellas. I'm going right. to go ahead and break the tie with Shawshank Redemption. All right. Yeah. I'm also actually with you, Chris. I'm not a big fan of mom movies. Even I, I recognize they're well made. I just they just don't. I love them. Just not my <laughs> genre. Goodfellas um, is really good. I eat them up. I eat them up for breakfast. The only one I really like is uh, I guess something like on the waterfront, which is more of like a, a, a more of like a drama kind of a thing. Okay, uh, next I have um, Home Alone versus Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Home Alone. Beauty and the Beast. Awesome. <laughs> okay, then we have Lion King versus Jurassic Park. Oh, Jurassic come Park. on. Jurassic Park. I think, I, think Jurassic last, Park. I think last time it was this in the last bracket. So. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. it was. And Jurassic Park went for me. Uh, just, just to be contrary, I'll vote for the Lion King. <laughs> okay, sorry, I didn't hear. What did you say, Chris? I said Jurassic Park. Okay. Okay. Then we have uh, Schindler's List versus Braveheart. <laughs> oh, come oh, on. That's not ah. fair. Oh, why do you do this to me? Schindler's List is really hard to vote against. It's just. I so know. Because I don't want to do the vote against any of them. <laughs> it's like you. If you vote against Schindler's List, it's like, oh, we're voting against the movie that showcases how bad the Nazis are. Yeah. That's why, like, I feel like it has to be number one on anyone's Steven Spielberg ranking. Because, like, how do you justify <laughs> putting, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark ahead of Schindler's List? Like, you just feel like a bad human being if you do. And well, so I mean, I can justify it by saying I could watch Raiders of the Lost Ark multiple times. I, I cannot do that here's, with Schindler's here's List. Here's why you can justify that, because Raiders of the Lost Ark melts the faces of the Nazis for a <laughs> So they got what was coming to them. Uh, bird faces. You got your face melted up. Oh, gosh. 
That's oh. true. That's a solid argument, actually. <laughs> that is, yeah. There you go, Rachel. You have your argument now. I'm giving all Braveheart. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to think about it. I'm just Braveheart. I'm just saying that Braveheart, Braveheart. Okay. You know, for all of its inaccuracies, I will also go for Braveheart because at Whoa. its heart, it's a film about fighting for freedom. Fighting for freedom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. I, I definitely vote Schindler's List. <laughs> but why okay. Spielberg getting, like, wiped out by Braveheart here? <laughs> Ah, but he did Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jurassic Park is going to come out He's king. still in. He's still in. But <laughs> All right. So we have Fight Club versus Goodwill Hunting. Fight Club. Fight Club. Fight Club. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the Matrix versus Thelma and Louise. We don't take them back. Well, I didn't go with it last time, but I'm definitely going with it now. The Matrix. <laughs> The Matrix, for sure. <laughs> I would vote for Thelma and Louise, but... <laughs> okay. So, last of this round, we have Men in Black versus The Usual Suspects. Again, it's like the last one with Men in Black. It's so weird and unusual, but I'll, I'll give it to Men in Black because it's... I love the... Okay, when it's, Men in Black's trying to be fun, it does that perfectly. Usual Suspects is trying to be something it is. It doesn't really complete it. So hopefully that makes sense in the short yeah. amount of time I'm trying to explain it in. <laughs> Men in black. I'm just trying to be quick about it. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. I think nostalgia is just so powerful, but Men it in is. black. All right. Yeah. Now we're on to the next round. So we have the end of the comedy round. This will be the number one comedy. Uh, is We have Billy Madison versus Dumb and Dumber. Very similar movies, I have to say. Mm, I like Jim Carrey more, but the better movie, I got to give it to Adam Sandler. Oh, I'm going to give it to Dumb and Dumber. Oh. If it was Ace Ventura, uh, <laughs> it would be different. It was Ace Ventura, All right. Um, I wasn't, I don't know, I don't know which one I thought was going to win. I just didn't anticipate breaking a tie um, for these two <laughs> films. Um, uh, I am, gosh, Okay. So I will say just real quick that Dumb and Dumber holds stronger nostalgia because I did love it when I was younger. But I think I'm going to vote for Billy Madison. I think it's oh a little bit better. All right, wow. all right, all right. Okay. All right, so next we have Scream versus Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> wow. Uh. <laughs> the better movie would definitely be Silence of the Lambs. But I'm going with Scream. I don't know if my vote counts since I haven't seen Silence of the Lambs, but I, I, I would vote Scream, but that's only because I've seen it. Oh, I know. It's, it's, David, you just kind of said, like, the hard part. Uh, I talk about on Twitter, like, doing these end-of-the-year rankings and doing lists like this. It's like, uh do I go with what I know, like my logical brain knows is the more well-crafted, better-made film? Or do I go with which one I like more <laughs> rewatch on a regular basis? It, it always sucks at the end uh, of the it's, it's hard. Yeah, I'm also I going, I mean, I literally just did a horror film ranking, though, and one of them showed up and one of them did not. I'm going to vote for Scream if it showed up. All right. Okay, uh, so next we have Titanic versus Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank. Oh, gosh. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
So, see, sorry, what did you yeah, say, David? I, yeah, I said Shawshank. I said Shawshank. Oh, okay. Yeah, Shawshank for me, too. Shawshank Redemption. All right. Okay, then we have Beauty and the Beast versus Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, baby. <laughs> Jurassic awesome. Park. I love Beauty and the Beast, but come on, you got nothing against the dinosaurs. You just have one oh, beast. They right. have about a thousand. <laughs> Read the shirt. Read the shirt. That is my vote. The shirt. Jurassic well, Park. This time I'm voting against Spielberg, but I would vote Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> How can okay. you betray your love for Spielberg? I know. How could you? <laughs> so we have Braveheart versus Fight Club. Braveheart. Without Braveheart. Fight Club. <laughs> ah. <laughs> you could say, Larry, what do you have against Mel Gibson? But that really isn't about like, playing anymore. <laughs> hey, remember, we're judging the art, not the artist here. <laughs> okay, so uh, last one of this round, Matrix versus Men in Black. Oh, come on. Again, it comes down to one of them is the better movie, but one has that entertainment factor. <sighs> Skip me for a second. Skip me. I need to think. All right. I'm going to go with The Matrix. I'm also going to vote for The Matrix. Ah, <laughs> David doesn't have to choose. Yeah, I, I probably, yeah. probably would have gone with Men in Black, but it don't matter now. <laughs> okay. So next we have... <laughs> That's a weird. Oh, maybe not that weird. We have Billy Madison versus Scream. They're both kind of well, comedies in a way. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of screaming in both movies. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, David? Scream is a comedy and it's a horror. So I will take the movie that gives me scares and laughs with Scream. I as well will vote Scream. Yes, I was. I was so worried. <laughs> I have to tell you, I was really holding my breath. Um, I definitely vote scream as well. Uh, all right. So I have to say, in the Twitter tournament, out of that side of the bracket, uh, horror versus comedy, Fargo won. So <laughs> well, Fargo uh, also gives you like horror and comedy. So you know. <laughs> But Scream so, is a Arkham great is a choice. Horror. It was a horror to watch it. That's and then the other, <laughs> the other brackets, it's Beauty and the Beast versus uh, Schindler's List. And it's Shawshank Redemption versus Jurassic Park. Jurassic this is Park. so cruel. Jurassic Park. But yeah, yeah. Read, read the shirt. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yeah, I feel like I need I to go get my Jurassic uh, Park shirt. But I, I, I have one too. But I probably actually would have voted Shawshank Redemption. But... Is there a movie that we can uh, vote for Macho Man Randy Savage? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, why was Pokemon the first movie not included? You know. <laughs> I, I really do love Jurassic Park. I just love, oh, I love it so much. Okay, Such so next movie. we have Braveheart versus The Matrix. Braveheart. Oh, man. No, okay, Braveheart skip me. Feels. Braveheart gives me the emotion. Matrix oh. just gives me well-made story so that's why it's braveheart yeah oh, i mean I've, I've voted matrix a lot through this tournament just because it's i i like having that extra layer of something to think about i love having like an intellectual awesome action film so i definitely i vote matrix here again but that's kind of why it's beating out things like men in black and continuing to beat out other movies i have so much fun with 
I yeah. with the matrix, but I also have like, I think it has a lot of layers under there. All right, you have to decide. Gosh, so now my vote actually matters. Okay, yeah. I gotta think. <laughs> uh, oh man. Whereas mine didn't last time. <laughs> okay, so if I get so out true. of my head, and I just let my heart do the thinking. The Matrix does surface first, so I'm gonna go with the Matrix. Ah, all right, yeah. dang it, you're breaking my heart here. I know. I was you, like, I, I really. My, you all took my freedom. I'm gonna really regret voting to let Braveheart come in here and replace it. Oh, oh my gosh! Remember, oh, yeah, no, art, not the artist. I, I realized I probably should have put Dances with Wolves in one of these. Oh, oh well, I just forget. It would okay. be a good choice because, like, Last of the Mohicans. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, okay. So next we have Jurassic Park versus The Matrix. Jurassic Park. Read the shirt. (laughs) Jurassic Park. (laughs) Um, Yep, it's time. Sorry, Matrix. You can be as smart as you'd like, but Jurassic Park wins. It needs to be your quote. Okay. This is the the final. The final one. We have Scream. Versus Jurassic Park. Wow. Oh, that's not even a brainer there. We got to the finals. <laughs> <laughs> what was the title of this tournament again? What we 90s movies. Yeah. 90s movies. <laughs> but listen, I think Scream is a pretty valid one to get in a final of a 90s movie. I agree. It Especially is. for it a is 90s thing. It's yeah. an iconic staple of the 90s. <laughs> I'm just shocked that it got this far, given all the other great happy. movies. Like, I would not expect Scream to make it this far. But it is a good icon for the 90s. Scream is a picture of the 90s. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. So Uh, next tournament, I will make sure to not include Jurassic Park because it won the last one, too. (laughs) And and it almost may win this one. That's why I'm conflicted. There's no almost. Actually, put my vote down. It's Jurassic Park, okay? Yeah. The shirt. You got it. Yeah. One vote is in. Yes. (laughs) Read the shirt. <laughs> uh, oh my lord! <laughs> I'll, make it interesting. I'll go with scream, Larry. I put it on you. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> wow! Oh, wow. uh, okay. So oh. we just we just talked about how scream is legitimate. Like I feel like if you take a snapshot of the '90s as a decade. Ghostface is there. Ghostface is part of like the like iconic symbols of the 90s. And I mentioned it's in my top five favorite horror films of all time, beating out other prestigious horror films to get in there. And horror is a is a genre for me that's pretty high up on the list. That being said, I also said Steven Spielberg is my favorite director. Like he's he's it for me when it comes to directors in Hollywood. And Jurassic Park is definitely in the top three Spielberg films, both when we talk about just well-made films. And if you switch over to entertainment factor films, it also is in the top three, maybe a little bit different of a top three, but it is still in there. So this is hard. And I think that, you know, that that dinosaur bone right there on Durbin's shirt is also shirt. an icon <laughs> of the 90s. <laughs> I will say, if I were voting purely on which is like a 90s culture movie, it would 
it would go to screen because for whatever reason, when I think of 90s movies, I don't think Jurassic Park. Because it's, it's timeless. It, it, it's, it is it, timeless. It's, but, it is. <laughs> but just... It goes back 65 million years. Being, <laughs> being honest, I, I do really want to vote Scream so bad. Like my heart wants to vote for Scream so bad. But if I'm being honest on what is the better film and overall which one has had a bigger impact on me, on cinema, on everything, I do have to vote for Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yes! Yeah, I was, I, yes! Pretty much, pretty much when I was saying Scream, I just really want to make it interesting because deep down, yeah. I know. <laughs> I, just I know. It's finale interesting because let's, let's see the Jurassic Park. We love, we love an underdog, right? Like, yeah, we got uh, my heart wanted that underdog to win so bad, but I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't get myself to do it. I like underdogs to a point, but when you bring dinosaurs in there, no, dinosaurs win. <laughs> yeah, Jurassic Park is the movie I've seen the most in theaters. Uh, it'll be tied. I'm going to a double uh, feature of um, Force yeah. Awakens and The Last Jedi, so that will make it so I've seen, Ooh. I've seen Force Awakens the same number of times in the theater as I've seen Jurassic Park. Oh, and, really? Yeah. That's and awesome. I, because it was in my theater, because like back in the 90s, like movies would stay in theaters a long time. And, and so like Jurassic Park was in my theater like the whole summer. And so like oh, I yeah. saw it like <clears throat> six times. That was like before they had VHS tapes too, wasn't it? <laughs> Well, I got Jurassic Park on VHS, so they were around. They were around. And I wore out the tape. I wore out the tape. But, oh my gosh, when I saw those dinosaurs, it just, oh, it blew me away. And and I still, I still think it holds up, man. Like, the scene in the kitchen with those, oh, that scene is so good. I love it. And the music. I think it's hilarious that the CGI in Jurassic Park is still better than some of the CGI in movies that come out today. It's better than the dinosaurs in most of the Jurassic Park movie. All, no, oh, all, yeah. All of the Jurassic sure. Park movies. For sure. Yeah. They look They're like junk compared to the original. Yeah, they can't hold up. Wait, Durbin, <laughs> what year were you born in? I, I was a 1983 child. Oh. Yes. You look, you look great, because I did not uh, think you were that old. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. I did find a single gray hair, and I right. had a little bit of a panic attack. Well, hey, I'm Wait, 22, though. and I already have gray hair. What does that wah, say? Wah, wah. <laughs> I want to point out that I am like the true 90s baby here on this panel, though. Like early 90s, 1991. So I lived lived it, because what, what year were you born in? 94, David? 95? 95. See, you're like a, you're like a, a 90s baby, but like, mm, ah, like this, whatever. 90 and 91, those are the real 90s babies here. Yeah, the, I'm, yeah. I, was, I was born in 81. And so for me, like Stranger Things is like, I'm like drinking the Kool-Aid. Like that's like my <laughs> era. Like, me too, man. Oh my god! Like an '80s baby. I, I grew up watching '80s movies. I grew up watching, so, oh so yeah. Like, well, I'm, '80s I'm movies gonna... are prominent in my mind, and '90s are just part of my childhood. Like all of the '90s, that whole decade is something I remember well. So like I remember seeing these iconic movies on the big screen, and so like yeah, it's, yeah just part of that. From yeah, how's that for crazy? So I started I high movies. school 
the year that you were born, Dave. <laughs> oh, oh my! <laughs> oh, oh man, that's interesting. <laughs> it just shows how friendship works. It doesn't matter. Age is just a number. Um, <laughs> True. Once you turn eighteen, then it's just a number. Before that, you just yeah. Verification. <laughs> So I think this was really fun. I really appreciate you guys doing this with me. And, uh, you know, I think that most of these movies, despite what David may say, are really fun. <laughs> and I totally recommend checking them out. It was a pretty cool decade for movies. Uh, it was before that you had spectacle entertainment, but you it was a little bit harder spectacle to make, I think. And so I think that <laughs> they, they really... Uh, stand the test of time at most of these yeah. movies for me. So I totally recommend checking them out and letting us know, let us know in the comment section what you would pick and in these various matchups and what you think of these various movies. Let us know. And, uh, and I really do appreciate you guys coming and joining me and you can find me at smiling LDS Carl on social media and here at Rachel's reviews and this uh, also on iTunes and Rachel's reviews, so check that out. And uh, so, where can people find uh, you? Sorry, with David. Yes, please do not let my negativity of some of these movies influence you poorly. That's just me. You know, I I love to rant. I love to yell. I love to scream. And, yeah, I love I love to take it out on things I really don't like, like Independence Day. So, yeah. Anyways, you can find me on YouTube. David Gerlock is the channel. I'm sure, you'll find the spelling and the link down below. Because I just, uh, yeah, you can hear all my ranting there. <laughs> nice. I don't like found footage movies, but anyway. Yeah, I'm Durbin. <laughs> you can find me on Durbania. So type that into the search. I should be the one and only who pops up. And I do the movie reviews, theological analyses, trailer reactions, ranking videos. A lot of fun stuff. You can also find me on Facebook. Just search Durbania as well. And on Twitter, it's at World of Durbania. Awesome. Yeah, so you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, and on Instagram, all under L, like lion, C, like cat, screen talk, screen and talking. <laughs> uh, I'm actually, hopefully, about to post a, a new lip sync video that I'm getting ready to film later today and tomorrow. Mm. So that should be up hopefully within the week, but I review pretty much, try to review every new release or so that comes out, so fun time over there awesome. and watch that and definitely don't listen to david and watch that movies please <laughs> yes and that's, Fargo. That's, that's the one i'm most passionate about in this whole david thing <laughs> watch that <Thelma> movies. <laughs> all right sounds good well thanks again a lot again and uh we let us know if you have ideas for our next tournament what you would like us to focus on talk about uh put in the comment section and uh and we will yeah. uh, talk again soon. Es especially if you have a subject that Jurassic Park cannot follow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, thanks again. And we will see you all. See you all later.